this week's Welsh Rugby Union podcast a chance to hear more about the new man on the WRU National Council. From a Cardiff Newport Pottery, then old Iltidian stalwart John Manders, also a former Liverpool football trialist, but we'll hear more about that later, has been voted on to the WRU National Council by the member clubs. He has a lot to offer Welsh Rugby and a lot of knowledge. Rob Cole went to the Old Iltidians Club. Well, set-up is maybe the best way to describe their ambitious project at the heart of their community. For a socially distanced chat to find out more. Okay, John, well, we're here in Old Iltidians' new home, the library in Splot. Just tell us a little bit about this base and, and what it's done for your club. Yeah, hi, Rob. Since 2013, we, we were pretty nomadic. We had a clubhouse, which we still have, of course, in the Spot Road, which is fantastic. But we had no changing rooms of our own. We had no ground of our own. And we were playing at uh, everywhere from Eastern Leisure Centre to Blackweir to Rose Park, wherever we could get games for our teams. And we only had one team, which wasn't good. So uh, we were in a dark place, I think, community rugby-wise. We just were. I and uh, my colleagues, we um, put a plan together to um, try and change that. And by changing it, we... Uh, I managed to get an asset transfer of what was the first library ever built in Cardiff, 1894, as reading rooms. And you're here, you can see it's the size of a small school, mm. which is opposite Morland Park, which is now our home ground. And we've turned the what was a library into a sport and community centre, run and managed by Old Altidian RFC. The community loved this place. We have something like 1,500 people a week coming here. We've got five faith groups here. We've got everything from Slimming World to Zumba classes and karate, and uh, as well as preschool and after-school clubs, training rooms, uh, offices for, for charities. We've got Cardiff Leukemia Society here. We've got People Too, uh, they're called, another charity. So as a charity base and a community base, is huge. But on top of that, we were fortunate to get plenty of grants from the Welsh Rugby Union, the Welsh Government to assist us, but financially we had to find many, many thousands of pounds mm. to make this work, of course. It's a big <clears> jump for a rugby club with mm. small income. Yeah. But as you said, small playing base, now you've grown that and you've enmeshed yourself in a new community. Hugely, and um, providing huge dividends for us as well as a rugby club. As you've seen, you've had a walk yeah. around, you've seen the back end of the facility, which is uh, now changing rooms, a medical rooms, a referee's room, and uh, all the top-end facilities you need at our level and above. So 30% of the building sport, rugby predominantly, 70% is community, all managed and facilitated by all the Teddy and RFC. So yes, a big commitment, but the rewards are all to see. We In seven years... We've moved from no junior section to a very healthy one with our first youth team last year, you know, in the 19s. They got to a semi-final, a cup pre yeah. the CV19 situation. And all ages then, six, seven, eight, all the way up then with coaches, team managers. This facility and our efforts to get it working in the community has given us all of that. Yeah, everything's good, moving in the right direction. It's always challenging. We're volunteers managing what is a big big organisation really when you've got 1500 people a week using the premises you can imagine everything from insurance to risk assessment to cleaning to uh, managing looking after facilitating speaking to people but the rewards are huge and uh, we have dozens of volunteers working here now uh, in all manner of jobs and to help the rugby so from cooking our food on the weekends to cleaning the premises it's amazing and the offshoot of that is the under the Iltidian umbrella 
feel part of the community and uh, it all fits hand in hand. It's a, it's a wonderful um, feeling to see it just after seven years in this position. Yeah. It's, it's a great, uh, great The interesting thing as well, John, <coughs> is that yeah, we're in this wonderful old building that has so much potential, hmm. but there's not a beer barrel or anything in sight. No, this we... Is not, this is not built on the old traditional uh, totally. rugby wet sail. Well, no, I mean, we, we as I say, we've still got our rugby yeah. club in Slot Road and that does sell beer. Yes. <laughs> and uh, obviously that's where we end up after most most games, obviously. It's a difficult one, but I did look around. I mean, I went to England, went to a place in Whitney Rugby Club and a few others in England, friends of mine who were presidents of those clubs, and just looked what they were doing. And I think in the modern game now, community game, beer will not win you any prizes it's not a finance in the in that sort of side of things so i think every club are starting to look outside of that and what income can you generate whether it just having a slimming world in your club or having you know nursery or some sort of to expand the income that comes in so i think most clubs are having to do that well you're a classic example i guess of sweating your asset yeah and you really have become the hub of your community haven't you it's a phrase yeah. we talk about all the time yeah no yeah sometimes it's not quite that because it's private members but this really is yeah i'm very very proud of it and uh it'd be nice to mention a few but alan lehman who's a major player in this and and andrew maunder and phil morse and dave hughes and people like that who gave everything to this cause right at the beginning yeah. you know supported me through this hugely i couldn't have done it otherwise but it is that i mean i'm proud of it we are a rugby club right in the heart of a, what is a quite a deprived community on the social spectrum. And I think we've given it a huge lift. You can see the building and the work we've brought it back to its former glory, really. Yes. And literally, I was quiet now because of the COVID situation, but you come here any day of the week and it's a thriving, buzzing, active premise. It's constant, you know, so um, all run by volunteers. Yeah. But for a main goal, which is to be part of this community. We need to engage young people. It's not all about a Saturday rugby. You know, why not have a cycle club? Why not have a, an older Tidian RFC running club? Why not? All that does is bring people to you. Some might have children that want to play. They might have wives and girlfriends and husbands and boyfriends that want to get involved or grandmothers or granddads. or They're key elements, aren't they? Yeah. It's going back in time a little bit where rugby clubs were publicly owned if you like you know yes you had to be a member where but you know you felt a sense of pride going there mm. and it was a generational thing and here that door is open as you said morning noon and night yeah i suppose it's uh, i'm very proud of it as i've said and uh, i set um, a strategy of a short medium and long-term goals we're sort of smack in the middle of a medium term part of that 15-year strategy yeah and i think we're hitting the targets we've sort of set yeah. you know You've been very bold, yeah. and maybe you were fortunate in you identified a premises that mm. the council wanted to offload. I was a sergeant in this area working, you see, police officer, right. so I passed it every day thinking that crumbling building there, and the, one of our rugby club uh, members said to me, why don't you have a look at and get that, and uh, then the doors... Yeah. And with the pitch across the road? There wasn't a pitch. Yeah. I mean, we've turned that into a pitch, and uh, you see with the barrier around there, and we've got yeah. porter cabins there to serve food then now, and... Uh, so we was to get the building first, hand in hand really, it was, a, it was a journey of a couple of years. I remember sitting in front of the cabinet at the Cardiff Council, and when you got the 40 or 50 cabinet members there, just explaining why it's needed, you know. These things are daunting things, aren't they? Yes. But it was needed. It but was you daunting. took on the challenge, you weren't daunted by <clears throat> it. No, no. I think you mentioned 300,000 quid as yep, a target. Yeah, so far, it's more than that. Yeah, but, yeah. So, yeah. but 
But every big project's going to take that. There are a lot of rugby clubs being given that opportunity yeah. now. What's the message to them? Open your eyes as to what's around you. We've got huge challenges now with COVID and everything as well, but dwindling numbers is one of the major problems. And speaking to clubs over the last few months, your finance is always an issue, but the numbers is the key issue. Mm. If you grow your numbers, whether they're players or not, is a key element for me. To have so many working predominantly here for on, on behalf of these premises, which in turn is the rugby. Yeah. So I don't think that's been done before as such with those credits I mentioned I built into that. So engage them. Yeah. I mean, I'm also thinking of putting some sort of internet cafe here or a space here where young people in the area can come and just sit for an hour quietly and use their own laptops and internet or their phones or i'm thinking you just sort of think outside of the box how we engage this community you've got 16 to 25 year age group uh, 75 percent of them in this area and not in any education training or work or anything so it's a difficult thing so trying to encourage young people trying to encourage the community what are they doing which is great but just keep looking at that so my message would be to anybody and i'm so anxious to help (laughs) if that makes sense and that give out advice where needed, is to engage the community in all facets. Don't be frightened. Don't think it's all rugby. They haven't got to put a pair of rugby socks on at age eight to be involved in Old Altidia and RFC. And for me, that's a key message. If they come with their mum and they just watch or they just run around, the, something happens, the offshoots of that are huge. Yeah, and, uh, and rugby is touching them then. And your usually, principles and your values Well, you, exactly, and you get, you know, the, the volunteers, very few of the volunteers uh, from a rugby background or play rugby or ever played rugby. Mm-hmm. But they call themselves Older City and RSC volunteers. They're now part of this growing number of people who are involved in the club. And I guess bringing them into this uh, multifaceted world means that you appeal to a broader spectrum of the community as well. 100%. That engagement's key. And you have to be patient with this. This is not a, oh, in three months we'll have that. No, there'll be tears along the way when you think that's not working. We still haven't got a junior section. You know, those, and we ask questions to ourselves all the time, especially me, is this going to work? But it does if you've got patience, time, and you've got a proper plan. We're amateurs running businesses. And uh, as I say, we've got 1,500 people a week working here. We've got hundreds of children playing. We've got a senior team that's doing well, you know, in the league they're in with the likes of Panath and Ponteclean. It's a, it's a good league. It's a tough league, Lanaran, uh, those sort of clubs. So, but the numbers of people here is the key element. Yeah. It, it wouldn't, we wouldn't function otherwise, would we? And that growth wouldn't continue. So it is a long-term plan, but it's a plan where if you start well and keep it moving and have patience, it'll come to fruition. So the picture you showed me of the first team yeah. played against St. Pat's back in 1928. Yeah, yeah. That's a centenary coming up. We're in on 94th year, we know, is that right? Yeah. Where do you think you might be in 2028? Yeah, well, I'd like to see all age groups playing. We're nearly there. I'd like to see this, these premises being fully self-sufficient, I'd like to see us engaged in everything uh, over and above rugby. We become a community hub of everything, whether it be chess, karate club. It makes no difference. Well, it's the nurseries run from here, the, the preschool and after school clubs. We've got church groups here. We've got a Buddhist group. We've got a Muslim group. We've got two Christian groups. Work from these premises. Yeah. Again, that's probably unheard of. Yes. Cradle the grave. Uh, unbelievable. It's yeah. we got, And it's open 8 o'clock in the morning till 10 p.m., I'd like to see, you know, that growth continue and that this building still do its work for the community with us leading it. Yeah. And I think that's 
key for every club. And of course, that's happened over the years. Don't think I'm mean, we're the first. I mean, you yeah. go to everywhere from New to get to Lucker. It makes yeah. no difference where you are. They're all trying that, but I think we got to try harder now yeah. to. Rugby's in a dark place at the minute in some levels in the community game, hugely because of the engagement. On a, from a personal level, I'm, you can tell I'm passionate. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm very passionate and very proud and privileged to be involved in the National Council. Also. You know, I've already in the last year or so been trying to share my experiences across Wales anyway. So I opened that door uh, with the help of the Welsh Rugby Unit, said if anyone's interested... And I've already seen a number of clubs and talked through asset transfers yeah. and given them support through that. How does that happen? Whether it be a building or a field, a land that could expand what they could achieve and do, whether it be the volunteers process, what other clubs could be involved, how things have grown. Yeah, the structure of your club as well is key. Some clubs may have to move from the old style of the chair and the secretary running everything. It's got to be more than that now. If, if you move into what we do, yeah. you have to be more of a, albeit unpaid, like you're running a full business, you have to be directors of a company. Yes. So there's those changes as well. So lots to be done. And, and there's some great work in Wales. Some of the clubs I spoke to are already moving that way, uh, which is great. But I think we all got to pool our information, share what we do. I'm learning every day. I can tell you that. And speaking to some of the clubs across Wales in the last month or so, well, we're up my eyes as well. Something, something, gosh, I wish I was doing that. Yeah. So helping each other along. Yeah, massive. And uh, for me, it's a key. We're really close with all the rivalries you get. All the local clubs to us work close together from whether it be Canton, Rumney, Fairwater, Rabina. You know, we have great relationship. I think that needs to spread right across. Part of my ambition is to if somehow achieve that and work towards that, supporting the clubs all the way through, you know. You mentioned about numbers. From what you've been gleaning from speaking to all the clubs, where are we at playing number-wise in Wales? And have we got too many clubs, too few clubs? What's the picture out there? Dwindling numbers is a key element. We know that. I mean, the old Iltidian is an example. 22 years ago, I found an old programme. We had five adult teams and all age groups uh, running from one premises without this project in yes. place. That's 22 years. That's a very short time. Look, 100-year history. That would have been like that right the way through, or, you know, after yeah. the war and the Second World War. So, and that would have mirrored across Wales. Now, most clubs got a first team, struggle to get a seconds. Very few have youth or under-17s and struggle with their junior sections to engage young people and the people to run it because that's just as key. An under-7s team, as an example, will need three people to be involved straight away. Good coach or two coaches, team manager, and maybe a first aid person, sometimes a double up, but that's four adults to 10 kids or 15 kids. So if you double that, you're talking 100 kids, even I could work out, you need 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 adults where they come from. It's a big project. So all the things I mentioned before will help pull that together. But the biggest problems out there are dwindling numbers. Finance is not always the key issue. I can tell you that. It's not always a key issue. It's an issue at times. Of course it is. And you can't move things forward without funds. I mean, engaging the community to your club is key to try and get those numbers. But your first question is around, do I think there's too many clubs? I genuinely believe if we lose one in any form, whether they amalgamate, move up, whatever the people have put up out there, we lose two. Then we lose three, four. Five. And I think it could be a snowball effect. It worries me a bit. In England, they're losing dozens of clubs every year. They've got two or 3,000 clubs over there, whether they try and amalgamate, whether they've just gone. So I would always fight with a small union of clubs. I mean, you know, 240 uh, member clubs and, and then a district and affiliated clubs takes us about 300 and something, I think. So I would worry to do that. 
I would think we've just got to look at it in another way and try and support the clubs the best we can to bring all these things to the fore, get them engaged, get more bodies, get more people involved in their club. I think we've got plenty of will. It's uh, how that can happen. Keeping the players engaged and maybe offering them a breadth of experience that's not just... It's not just rugby, yeah. Rugby and a sing-song and a pint of beer after. No, a lot of the players now, they're so fit. Our players are trained six, seven in the morning before they go to work. The days of having 10 pints on a Saturday are pretty much gone. Generally, they don't want to be unfit, so they, that will make them unfit, even at Division Three level. Yes. So that's changed. But um, what about yeah. the appetite for the game? Is it still there within the youngsters? If you come and watch any, and I challenge anyone to come and watch any, from Open Arthians to to Older Thidians, go and watch the youngsters play. They have the enthusiasm, one hundred percent. It's maintaining the enthusiasm is the trick. So they might have it at 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, starts to waver, 15, 16, 17, 18. It's those things that we can help with expanding what they got on offer from the club. It's not just a go there and play rugby on a wet Saturday or Sunday and it's freezing, minus two. What else do we do? And I think it's offering all the things I've touched on earlier to that individual and their family as well. Then everyone gets involved in it. Children highly likely to stay more engaged. Even the senior players need to be looked at in a different way as well. And those incentives aren't financial, are they? No. That's the no, thing. No, you, that's, you, that's my point. How you engage people. You know, I've had meetings with um, the users of the Old Altidians facility here, trying to build September, October, trying to move things forward. Yeah, it'd be great to see them all back. Yeah. It's uh, been a hard time, really, for yeah, everyone, hasn't right. it? So why was rugby your game, and where did you start? Take us through the career. Yeah, it's a good one. I, I played uh, for my school, obviously, St. Hilton's College. Did you have any a... chance to play football at St. Hilton's or not? Yeah, no, I was lucky. No, I did have a Welsh trial when I was 15 of football. I was good at centre-half with Liverpool. I was very skinny, fit then, obviously 15, not now. But so I had a week up there with the likes of um, John Toshak and Kevin Keegan. Uh, they were training on one pitch and I was with a group of 15-year-olds from all over the country. So that was interesting. Yeah. So nothing came of that as such. But uh, I was there. I was played for Clan Rimney in, in the youth setup there. That was fun. But rugby was always my thing, really. And I played for Cardiff schools all the way through, Cardiff youth, obviously the old from my youngster. And then lucky enough to get a Welsh youth cap, or caps, I think I was four in the end, uh, towards South Africa with the Welsh youth. And Who was in that squad? Uh, amazing squad that was. Uh, the likes of Glenn Webb, Bledin Bowen, Ray Giles, Colin Hillman, bless him, Colin Hillman's left yes, us now. Yes, but, yes. Uh, but some great players, uh, Neil Harris, I don't remember, Neil yes, Fullback, and Alan Edmonds, and Neith Wing, uh, Peter Hopkins, Lanetley Centre, Adrian Cambriani went north after, yes, yes. Phil Ford, great squad of players. I think we're the only Welsh side at any level to beat South Africa at any age group or up, adults. Up to that time. Up, yes. up to that, exactly right. And that, that was so historic, and we played before all the uh, Lions matches over there, we played the games before, so... It was great running off the field when uh, the lines were running on. It was, I was quite Ellis Park. and uh, So amazing experience. Then I had my first knee injury over there, which was started a long road of bad problems on the. But I came back and then I had uh, a, a season with this Cardiff Seniors with uh, Bob Norster and Kevin Edwards. And, yes. and I had uh, obviously Ian Robinson, who took me under his wing. I was only 19, wasn't I? So uh, took me a few tricks. That was interesting. Learned the dark arts. I did, yes. But... Rob Norster was playing, you know, it was tough to get into the first team. I played games, so I'd had a few games, but it was tough with those about. It was, I was only young and I'm very impatient. So when the chance came to go and play with Jeff Evans, who's captain in Newport then and uh, over at Newport, 
and my friend Steve O'Donoghue was a hooker then and they said look you play 30 games if you come over there so as a young man I thought oh, that sounds good so I had a few seasons of Newport I did okay you know and, and enjoyed myself and uh, for a few seasons then I had my first knee injury struggled through that for a year kept going a bit then I ended up playing for Pontypridd for the season but the knee injury got me again so uh, a few operations on both my knees now so still going on so uh, I just had to make an honest decision once uh, I'd lost that yard of pace that you even as a big man had I just knew I just knew I couldn't continue at that level Uh, it was pointless as hard as it was because I like playing at that level and doing doing everything I started playing for Old Altidian RFC I think it was about 26 or 27 yeah and uh, I was lucky enough to captain the Altidian so a couple of seasons captain here and yeah. so if you, if you let's say 26 you started here when was your last first team game well probably 51 and how many games do you reckon it is it's uh, Morris Flynn our, who does all the counts for it. he stopped counting over 450 I think <laughs> <laughs> he said I give up for the first team is well over yeah. so 30, it's been a bit of a love season. affair yeah, it became a passion in the end because I could see we were in the struggling and I, you know, I wanted us to do well. We had a great team through my early starts here. Mine, John Scott, the England number yes. eight, played here. We had Steve Cannon. We had uh, Mike Murphy and Jed Meehan, the Cardiff centres, who came here. To, uh, I was a youngster in the Altidian team for them. They were 31, yes. 32. I was 26, 27. So, so I had a first few years with, with John Scott and all. I was, again, still learning. It was amazing. So... Dave right. Bishop played as well. Yeah, of course, yeah. Dave Bishop coached as well. Martin Madden played for us. We got to the fifth round and played Evervale away. We played Neath previously in the previous competitions in the old Ross Cup. We beat Evervale in Eugene Cross Park with that great side we had then. But Dave Bishop was coach. And then we played Pontypridd, I'll never forget, at Sardis Road. And I was lost with loads of friends because it wasn't that long before I was playing with Phil John and Paul John and Bazzani and all that crowd. So they'd beaten Aberavon, I think, by 50 points a week before they played Little Old Little City and RSC in the Sardis Road with 2,500 people watching. So there was one point we kicked off in the game. We didn't miss a tackle and they still scored in the corner. And Neil Jenkins kicked it and I thought, oh God, we're in trouble here. <laughs> We lost something like 50 points to something. And Neil Jenkins, being Neil, kicked every kick from everywhere. So every try that was scored, he converted. And it was, it was a lot. And um, so at highs and lows everywhere on the playing side of it. But I don't regret a minute with Old Altidy and RSV. I've made some tremendous friends. That is a community. So club. you serve your community. You're integral to that community. I don't think football able to do that no. for some reason. I don't. You don't see it the same, that community feel. I don't know why that is, but I don't see that. Can you think of any other sport that can offer that community feel? The, the Saturdays, the parents involved, the Sundays, the youngsters, the boys, the girls, all ages, two to 300 clubs in Wales, they're all in the centre of a community. They might not all have the impact, and that some communities have lost their community, yeah. which is a battle. Some of the clubs I've been speaking to, you know, their whole high streets have shut populations decreased so they got even bigger challenges to bring that back and i think it's the 300 clubs in wales below the premiership for me it's every single one of those at a grassroots community club it's not all about the winning then is it no everybody wants to do well i think you've got to accept that win games maybe get promoted maybe win a league but it's not to be an end all it just isn't we need a competitive edge but don't lose sight of what rugby clubs should be doing getting up a league means You'll come back down, proven it. Yeah. <laughs> Other clubs have proven it. boom and bust, isn't it? It's, you can do all you can in the world to get promoted. Yeah. You try staying there. Mm. 
Mm. If you haven't got a, a fully rounded, practically impossible, Off-right, I would suggest. Yeah. The chairman of the WIU has called a number of times for everyone to stop paying. What's the scene out there that you hear about or you see about clubs frittering money away, or indeed are they? I've been looking at all the regulations for the last month, hoping that I get onto the National Council. Just because I teach law, I'm interested in legislation, how we work, guidance, what what works, what doesn't, because it impacts on us, impacts on my club and other clubs, just to see what it is. So I've been looking. Some are good, some are not so good, some are a bit weak, need to look at. That's that's my personal view today, and I'm sure everyone in the World Union would agree that you can't just sit still with something. Payment of players... Again, it needs a proper look at how can you stop a Mr. Jones or Mrs. Smith paying two players to play for a rugby club in Wales. It's very, very difficult. Mm. Or giving them a job and an extra 50 quid of play play on a Saturday. It's very, very difficult to stop. I think we need to open that door. We, I don't think anyone should pay below, well, they don't below the premiership, in my yes. view, uh, 100%. You can give them new kit. You can get sponsorship to do things. We can. You can have a tour. You can, but actually giving somebody thirty pound for a game on a Saturday for the Division Three B club in West or East Wales, what does that achieve? We can give millions of examples of four or five players going off to play for them because they think they're paying something. And I spoke to many, many chairpersons across Wales who said I lost four players there and six have gone there and two have gone there. It's so so hard, and I, I know the Welsh Rugby Union works hard on it. I know they have. There's clubs out there who are in serious trouble of uh, maybe not coming back even. So, not because of the finance, mostly because of playing. You know, got people at 29, 30, 31. You give them a year off, and uh, you've got six or seven of those in a squad of 25, and uh, they, they may not come back. And that's men's and women's rugby. I think engaging players uh, is going to be tough now. Yeah. To keep them. To use that great phrase after the uh, the Windsor Castle fire that the Queen did, the, the animus horribilis yeah. with the flooding and with COVID, oh. this has been... Well, I've come into whammy. this role, haven't I? Yeah. Probably the darkest time in Welsh rugby, yeah. I would have thought. If you take the 60 clubs that got uh, impacted by the floods, some in more severity than others, but impacted, yeah. albeit the same. I remember going down to Remney RSC and seeing the, the floods oh. going into the... I can believe it, the whole field, all the fields are gone. It was a shocker, you know, a shock to see. So that plus then no rugby for what could be up to, well, it will be one far off a year, will it, by the time we've um, pulled things together. Fingers crossed it's less than that, but it's tough times for us, isn't it? So I genuinely am up for that challenge. I feel so privileged to have been given this chance to be part of that challenge, and that's key for me. I really do feel privileged. I feel I can offer my experience, and I'm hoping a little bit of leadership around the community game and... You know, I'm not frightened of any strategic approaches to anything. I've worked and op- operated at the high level in government, whilst government and for the police in terms of strategy and the way forward and major finance. So those things, very comfortable to be around as a council member. They're going to need leadership as well it's as huge. help now, aren't they? It's huge. It's yeah. not just the money that's 600 grand yeah. has been great. Yeah. Uh, the flood relief was instant and, yeah. and helped. But somebody needs an arm around the shoulder. Yeah. Somebody who's a bit of expertise and guidance for pushing in the right direction. Yeah. That's going to be as crucial as anything. Huge, hugely crucial. That's what I'm hearing as well. We can do that. It has to be done. Just speaking to managers of clubs across Wales in the last couple of months is a huge eye-opener. I can tell you I've, I've got a lot of knowledge of uh, what's going on out there just mm. by having those half-hour, 40-minute chats with everybody. There's great people in these clubs who want to make things work, all doing it voluntarily. 
which is amazing, or with the passion to do it, which is part of the thing. Sometimes needing more guidance and support, 100% sense that out there. But if we can get all of that right, we'll get through this, I think, with flying colours. I mean, the World Tribune are on the road to doing that, to be fair. Mm. There's, there's lots of things happening. Uh, we just need to keep that going, not forget the member clubs are the key in this. Without our member clubs, we're, well, there's no, no union, is it? We're in trouble. So, And I feel that I can add a lot to the council and going forward because of that knowledge I've got and my association and friendship with many of the, you know, over 40 years, there's not many clubs I haven't actually yeah. played against, been involved with, understand some of their issues already and what I've been doing. So, yeah, there is a way of doing this. There's, the there's the other thing is that what you've proved here at the Oaks is that it, it's not all about money. No. It's all about opportunity. I'm first to, to say that we have to get the top end of the game right. If we get the finances right, the playing side, whether Wales are brilliant or indifferent or good, I want them to be brilliant, obviously, <laughs> as a passionate Welshman. We get that side of it right and continue to do that. It's tough times now with the millions of pounds that we, we haven't got. So going forward, we've got to put things in place and look into playing elsewhere and all those things. That's, that's fine. That is key. I think every person I spoke to across Wales in the member clubs get that. We have to get that right. We have to get the regions playing. We have to get things moving. Because focus and energy had to be on stadiums, players, how we're going to work. And I get that more than most probably. But we can't lose sight of our clubs. So I'm right back at the beginning of this chat. We lose one, we lose 10. We lose 10, we lose 20. We, we just will. Yeah. And if we lose them, we become weaker for it. If we get them stronger working better from the bottom up which it should be everything with the top will be 100% better as well it just does I mean the community you know? game is in a privileged position here compared to many other countries around the world that what, 11 and a half, 12 million yep. ring fenced yep. uh, amount so which has to be found from somewhere yes but that's, yeah, yeah. You know, that really is a benefit they're positive things very few community member clubs in the world have got that support it's a tremendous thing I think the Welsh have been doing tremendous stuff. I genuinely do over the, you know, in terms of trying to support. I, I genuinely mean that. But there is a feeling of disconnect for many reasons, probably communication. And I think we're trying to address that now with the Welsh with the union. I think we're trying everything with webinars. We are trying to open, embrace that. I think something's happened. COVID sort of pushed that a bit, which is probably be great for communication going forward. So we need to bridge that disconnect, bring the community clubs together as one towards the common goal. I'm hoping on a genuine level that I can be that person that can try and help. I'm not saying the other members don't try and the district reps are amazing in what they do as well. I'm just hoping from the top table, I will be able to be that person that can pick a phone up and try and stop that disconnect. It's quite difficult to understand what goes on at the high end of the Welsh Rugby Union for a, a member club. It yeah. would be difficult. It's a hundred million pound a year business. And I would add to that, it's not just about finance, it's a feeling as well. If yeah. Wales are not playing, yeah. we, you take the emotion out of yeah. that, it's quite tough. Money is key, but all of a sudden we haven't got rugby in Wales for whatever time we've got. And that's blooming hard, that's tough for rugby followers and people. I'm hoping I can help that along. I will work my damnness to do that, I can tell you that now. So. Well, you're used to that, I guess, from being the policeman, yeah. you know, you solve problems. Um, I'm, I'm hoping I can bring you know my experience to the table in, in a good way, in a positive way, because I think that's all that's needed, really. I, I'm hoping I can add to the experience they've already got there. 
on the board and all I will say is the effort and endeavour and passion, uh, they, it won't be lacking, yes, yeah. I can tell you that much. So we're nearly 150 years <clears throat> old as the Rugby yeah. Union, yeah. rugby goes back a bit further. You talk about the challenges of this year, but it's still as big a part of the fabric of Welsh life as it ever has been, isn't it? Oh, I think so. Yeah, you know, i just give you an example. You know, there's people I haven't spoken to for 25 years who have uh, been bringing, and my phone, as you can imagine, has been busy emails and WhatsApp and <laughs> messages and social media from people I didn't even know liked rugby or even interested in rugby. Politicians being texting me. It's, it's unbelievable uh, yeah. the level of goodwill around rugby. It, it's just there. We're a small country with just over 3 million people. Over. Rugby is, I still stay on number one sport. It just needs caressing a bit now. Yeah. It needs nurturing now. Yeah. It needs reminding what it does can do for a community. What that's all we need is yeah. just uh, and and from the top down that communication's key. I think starting to do it. I'm just hoping I can uh, help that along. You know? So the dream was always to play for Wales. Yeah, you, didn't you happen. Did it, you did it at the junior level. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Did you play for Welsh Police as well. Yes, yeah, did all that. Yeah, did all that. Yeah, the yeah. knees getting the way of the rest of it. But this has got to be like winning a cap isn't it i can't tell you i was elated you know i did try last year and uh, didn't get through uh, lisa burgess got voted on last year but this was my last real go because i genuinely believe i can offer something i can't, I can't even tell you it was a tremendous feeling of uh, right i can actually help here I, yeah. I just feel i can achieve something yeah. you know i've already spoken to gareth got our first uh, meeting it's an immediate start for me yeah. so and that's why you know, it is an immediate start. It's exactly what I wanted. Amazing. And to be fair, Ian Evans and Nigel are fantastic guys, and I'm sure they would have done a, a good job as well. Who knows, they might, might play again. But from my perspective, I am over the moon. I understand it's a full challenge, and I'm going to give it everything I've got yeah. to be the person that helps Welsh rugby get through this terrible time, really. You found a little bit of time in your day for it i have i've um yeah no i my daughters will say what are you doing dad yeah i mean it, you don't come into these things thinking right i can't do anything yeah. i've come into this with a knowing that i can achieve it both my um businesses and my colleagues in those businesses raised their eyebrows and said oh god he's gone now <laughs> but it'll be my passion and my hundred percent commitment so yeah. uh, there won't be any uh any slackening from me, I can tell yeah. you. So look forward to it. Really yeah. look forward yeah. to it. There's some great people on the board and the council. Some I know, some I don't. But um, I know many people in the Welsh Rugby Union, of course, already. Yeah. From my normal everyday working in rugby. Um, so yeah, looking yeah. forward to uh, to the challenge. Really. Making a difference. I try to. And good luck to John, of course. And fascinating to find out so much more about one of the key people new to the heart of the WRU. Plenty more next week on the Welsh Rugby Union podcast, but until then, goodbye and stay safe.